3.39, 21 away from 4 o'clock. This is the Matt Mosley Show. Tom Barfield in for Matt, along with Stephen Simcox. We're glad you're with us. Let's uh, switch gears, talk some NFL football as the Cowboys welcome in the New York Giants this Sunday, 325 for the kick. We'll have the broadcast right here beginning at 2.30 on ESPN Central Texas. You can join Babe and, and Christy Scales, along with the longtime voice of the Cowboys, Brad Sham, for the call of that one. Again, 2.30 on the pregame show. Joined now by Kyle Yeomans from DallasCowboys.com. Kyle, good afternoon. Welcome to the program and glad you're with us this afternoon. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me. Of course, always love talking with you guys. And, of course, Stephen, a good buddy of mine from my days back down there. Kyle, let's let's just dive right in the middle of this thing. Uh, Defensively, this team has got some issues up front. They got some issues at linebacker. The back end's not playing well. I mean, there's some things going on on the defensive side of the football that's just – it's just a tough go right now for the Cowboys. (laughs) <laughs> I love the way you, you, you phrase it. You, you phrase it as, let's just dive in, because there's multiple areas in which you're needing to address. And uh, you, you, got, you can pick your poison whenever it comes to the defense. The defensive line has not played up to expectations. Uh, the linebackers have been poor, even with Leighton Vander Esch out of the fray. You expect them to play a little bit better than they have, uh, even with him uh, on the IR at the moment. And then the secondary, I mean, where do you start with the secondary? Same thing, you've had some guys that have been injured, been banged up and are on the IR hopefully you get a guy like Anthony Brown coming back but anytime a defense gives up 49 points against a a Cleveland Browns team where their offense isn't necessarily one that's supposed to put up close to 50 on you at home uh, and you give up 307 yards rushing the most in franchise history to be a part of it yeah you've definitely got some issues it's just basically where do you start Kyle in the Metroplex is there conversations at all about the effort of the defense because in a Again, it's tough to to determine by watching on television, but it certainly looked like there were times where this team just was not playing hard. No, you're right. And if you go and look at the film, they show it. And there were times whenever you see a guy like Jalen Smith, who's known for being a leader on that defensive side of the football, kind of jogging and uh, maybe stuck behind the play. The effort conversation has been there. And and it's also honestly kind of turned into a bit of a debate. Is it effort? Is it the tenacity of this defense that's getting you beat or is it really just the, the fact that you may not have the talent that you want to anticipate it on that side of the football? I think both sides of the argument are valid. I think you can see points from both ends. Maybe you just aren't as talented as you thought, or uh, maybe the, the effort just isn't there. Or maybe it's a scheme thing. Even the coaching staff has kind of been brought into it. Maybe this is just not a great fit for maybe the talent that you have, and uh, you, you need to make some adjustments coaching-wise, which I think will happen. I mean, uh, Mike Nolan in his first year defensive coordinator has some uh, growing pains at least at the moment I think they'll find a way to get things get their feet back underneath underneath them a little bit but overall uh, yeah there's there's a lot of conversations on what exactly is going wrong for this defense and how quickly can they fix it well let's just <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna put you right on the spot what is the answer <laughs> I mean I mean it, it, what what do they do in the immediate future to get to, to have an opportunity to because they, they, they've got to beat the Giants on Sunday I mean let's yeah. just be honest this is a game that they've got to win I thought the Cleveland game was a game that they had to win but certainly this Giants team is a team that they've got to beat 
No doubt. And I was asked this week, and actually I was asked last week after the Seattle loss, are you pushing the panic button yet? And I said, no, the panic button's not even in the mail yet. Like, we've got a couple weeks until that starts kind of emerging. Well, the panic button is at least in the mail at the moment, <laughs> because if you don't win this week against the Giants, you might be pressing that panic button at 1-4. and four. You're already 0-1 in the division, and you're really put behind the eight ball heading into a Monday night football matchup against a high-powered offense in, in Arizona coming to town the, uh, in week six. So, sure, this is a, a must-win game. And you ask me, how, how do you stop? How do you start the, uh, the turnaround on this defense? And it really starts up front. It's got to go to the front seven. And, and you've got to get better pressure uh, on, from your defensive line. Dontari Poe, Antoine Woods, Tristan Hill, they've been, all been underwhelming. You can throw Demarcus Lawrence into that mix as well. Really the only defensive lineman you can hang your hat on so far this season has been Alden Smith, and he was double teamed on Sunday. He wasn't as effective because they basically dared, uh, Cleveland did, but dared the rest of the defensive line to beat you, to put pressure on you. And, of course, that didn't happen, and they ran for 300-plus yards. So I think it starts up front. You start getting extra pressure. It takes pressure off of your linebackers. It allows Joe Thomas and Jalen Smith to play a little bit more freely. And then at that point, hopefully your secondary can maybe take advantage of a couple mistakes. I mean, Already, Daniel Jones has thrown five interceptions through the first four weeks of the season. He's only thrown two touchdown passes, and he's your, the leading rusher coming into the game on the Giants' side of the football. So he's going to be running around. He's known to throw, in, throw interceptions and turn the football over. This might be the week, and the, really the only week, you have an opportunity to try and get some confidence on that defensive side of the football, but it really starts up front. Talking to Kyle Yeomans from DallasCowboys.com, Stephen Simcox and Tom Barfield with you on ESPN Central Texas. Uh, so on that front, Kyle, I, I see Randy Gregory is back in practice. Um, how much help is that, and how long do you think until he's kind of acclimated and able to uh, take some significant snaps? Well, he'll start – he's available to come back following the week six game in yeah. Arizona. So he's got he's got to go through the first six weeks of games in terms of not being on the active roster, but he's able to practice 21 days out from when he's available. And I think that's where they're at right now. And so he's back at practice. He's, he's actively going through some of the, the individual drills, not necessarily team drills just yet, but we might see that starting later in the week or in the next week, depending on the, the deadlines there as well. But I think it just adds depth in the, the, the point of, Really, what we talked about earlier, Everson Griffin, Demarcus Lawrence have been disappointing. Alden Smith has been really the, the one vaulted part of that defensive line. If Randy Gregory comes in and he plays better than a Griffin or a Lawrence, you might start seeing some significant snaps for a guy who hasn't played in the NFL in a couple of years at the moment because of his off-the-field issues that have now been uh, replicated and, and have uh, gone away, at least at the moment. So I think overall – you're, you're going to see him pretty quickly when he's available to come in. But this is that acclimation period. It'll take a couple weeks. Hopefully he's ready to go come week seven. And then all of a sudden you have just another piece to that defensive line that hopefully by that point will have found a rhythm. This offense has been special at times. And if they could get out of their own way, you know, feel like the sky's really the limit for them. So how do you clean up the turnover problem, Kyle? Yeah, I think it's just uh, really sometimes whenever you look at how bad the defense is, it forces the offense to, to press. It, it's one of those things where it's only you can beat yourselves. It's, the only person that can beat this offense is 
the Cowboys offense, and that's turning over the football. They've had six fumbles already. He had the three interceptions, two of those kind of in late-game situations with Dak, but there have been other throws that absolutely could have been picked off, most notably in the Seattle game overall. But you have uh, an offense that knows their talent, knows their capabilities, but they press a little bit because they know they have to be perfect in order to get a, a get a win. And they, we saw that against Atlanta. We saw that against Seattle. We saw that against Cleveland where early game turnovers, when you're pressing, you're trying to get into a rhythm and you, you give short field to your defense, it's ultimately going to put you in a really tough situation, especially on back-to-back plays. And you can blame the offense, I, I think, just as much as you can blame the defense in the fact of putting them in tough situations opposing teams for the Cowboys already have scored 45 points off of turnovers through four games. I mean, that's over 10 points a game and you've only scored three off of opponents turnovers so far. So sure. The defense has to do their job. and has to be better in all three phases. I already mentioned that, but the offense needs to take care of the football, not try and do too much and just allow their talent to push them forward because they're going to put up some gaudy numbers anyways. Talking with Kyle Yeomans from DallasCowboys.com. Kyle, you mentioned a minute ago about uh, not hitting the panic button. And, and one saving grace for this football team is the fact that they're in a horrendous division. I mean, you got one, two, and one winning their first game last week, and they vault to first place. Yeah, it really is. And that's the thing. We laughed last week on the uh, on the postgame show when the, the odds came out that Dallas at one and three had a better odds to win their division in the NFC East than the four and zero Seattle Seahawks in the <laughs> NFC West. And whenever you look at the odds uh, being more in favor of the Cowboys after just what has been a horrendous start, that just shows exactly where you should think about this Cowboys team. It's not time to put, push the panic button. And honestly, I might be even jumping the gun saying it after a one and four start, but. If you can't beat the Giants, then you're really starting to to unravel a little bit as an organization. But I think, really, you go out, you take care of business this week, you get back to two and three, you get a chance, once again, at home to beat a good offense in Arizona. If you can do that, you're three and three, back to 500, start things back over, and you've got some confidence heading into back-to-back divisional matchups before uh, heading to Pittsburgh and having a matchup with the Steelers. This thing can really easily get back on track throughout the next couple of weeks, and then all of a sudden you're feeling better in the back half of your schedule. But, man, this is a crucial matchup coming up this week. you got it take care of business against seemingly a lesser team, and especially with a former head coach coming to town. Hey, Kyle, I'll give you a positive question, okay? Uh, If if you can handle that one, too. I can do that. (laughs) I thought Dalton Schultz going into camp might be like a borderline cut guy just because he hasn't really shown much um, at that tight end position. And I know he had a really strong camp. He's been playing well with Jarwin out. Is this just some matchups going his way, or do you feel like he he sort of found something in, in Jarwin's absence? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, this is a guy who really the Cowboys kept around for the reason of seeing the upside. I mean, coming out of Stanford, they they anticipated him to be right up there in the conversation with the replacement of Jason Witten whenever Witten moved on. And instead, it was Blake Jarwin that emerged as that guy because of his vertical receiving threat and his ability to make an impact in the passing game. Schultz is just as good of a blocker, if not better, 
than Blake Jarwin, but he didn't have that same impact as a receiver. Well, we're starting to see that a little bit. And we saw it during training camp. Like you said, I was right there with you. He was a borderline, should we move on from this guy sort of decision going into training camp. And he not only saved his spot, but I thought earned himself some snaps even without Blake Jarwin. Uh, going down in week one against the Rams. I think he really emerged as a guy who you could use as a vertical threat, could use on an out route as a dump off. And we've seen that on a multitude of occasions from Dak Prescott already this season. So I really do think you have found something in Blake Jarwin. Maybe they found it, or excuse me, in Dalton Schultz. Uh, I think you may have found it before Blake Jarwin went down, but now that Schultz has kind of taken over and he has that role of being the number one tight end, he's a consistent option. As long as he doesn't drop passes, he's going to have a very nice season, and I think you're starting to see that already. 351, not away from 4 o'clock. Hey, Kyle, we uh, we know you're busy. We certainly do appreciate you popping on and, and talking Cowboys football with us. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime, you guys. 